into the episode um mike and i just celebrated our four year wedding anniversary yay yay (laughs) (laughs) um so that was exciting we kind of on a whim decided to go to austin to celebrate yeah it was pretty last minute Mm -hmm. we decided the weekend before yeah but it turned out to be so great and so much fun we had a great time um so yeah, happy anniversary to us. Yay, a week later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, well, we're recording this a week later, but um, yeah, so that's that. Um, also, as always, if you are wanting to meet other polyamorous people, chat with them, talk to them, join our community, the Poly Plus Amore community. Uh, the link is in the show notes. It's available for you. Check it out. Um, if you want to support the podcast, please, please do. Um, all donations are really appreciated. Um, and you can do that through our coffee page. Um, and yeah, I think that's kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been a fun summer. It's yeah. been a lot of traveling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a lot more traveling coming up. I know. Yeah, it's, it's been kind of crazy, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> Squeezing in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's try our drink. All right, let's get to it. Yeah. This is so an interesting one. For those of you watching, I will show you the can. It's called Groovy. Groovy G-R-U-V-I. Baby. Yeah. Um, and they make non-alcoholic craft beer. Uh, and this one is a pale ale. Um, they also had an IPA at the, the store that we were at, but we decided to go with a pale ale because I'll probably like that better. Um, hopefully. I, yeah. <laughs> Mike is an IPA person. Um, I'm not really, so. Yeah. Well, you're more of a sour person, so. Yeah, definitely. They don't quite have that, uh, specialty yet. Yeah. And the non-alcoholic beers. But that's okay. So we're going to give this one a shot. Yeah. All right. Ready? It's Canadian too, so we'll see how the Canadians do their non-alcoholic beers. Eh. <laughs> eh. Right? Eh. <laughs> uh, cheers. cheers. Do you take a sip before cheers? I was right? about to, but I caught myself. Mm. It smells interesting. It smells like a beer. Oh, yeah. Tastes like a beer. Oh, wow. Tastes like beer. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just like kind of the other non-alcoholic drinks we've had. It's like a diet version. It's only 60 calories, so it is super light. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I just, I personally wish there was a little more flavor. Like, the pale ale flavor is there, but it's like, it just tastes watered down. Oh, I don't really get that at all, the watered down part. I don't think you've had that many pale ales in your life. (laughs) I guess. But I don't know. The flavor to me is like, I'm like, whoa. Initially, it, it it's good. It's that, pretty like, strong. It still has that, like, to it. Yeah, the flavor's spot on. It's good. Yeah. The flavor's there, but then it just, like, after that initial, like, 
you know, hit on your tongue. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it just tastes watery after that. Oh. Like, whereas a normal beer, like, that, that flavor stays, and it's pretty strong. Yeah. But here, it's just like, it just gets very watery at the end. <clears throat> mm. But hey, I mean. I guess so. It's a non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. Can't expect perfection. <laughs> well. It's not bad, though. Overall, it's. Yeah. I'd say it's. I'd say it's pretty good. I think it's pretty Just good, give it too. A, you know, a little more of a subjective <laughs> review. Yeah. I mean, as a person who doesn't really drink beer, I'm like, yeah, this tastes like a beer. <laughs> but I guess maybe my my palate isn't quite as refined as yours is around beer. Yeah, I mean, you just don't really like beer. Yeah. Outside yeah. of sour, so. But I still try them, right? I've I've tasted a lot of beers, Okay, I've tried a lot. I don't choose them to drink, but I've tried yeah. all of them. Like, every time you order a beer somewhere, I always try it. Yeah, true. So, like, I, I've tried a lot, and this one, yeah. I feel like this is actually better for non-beer drinkers. Cause it's, it's not as potent See, on the beer I, taste. I think it's pretty potent on the beer taste. So, between this one and the hop water, I think this one... Remember we tried hop water? Yeah. That one was... Yeah, even lighter. Yeah, so I feel like this is, like, if you're really wanting that beer taste, this one is, like, yeah, this tastes like a beer. So, like, I think for beer drinkers, this is a good beer substitute. For non-beer drinkers, like me, I think I prefer the hop water a little bit better. Yeah, just comparing those two, yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, okay. Um... But I would say this is probably, this is like on par with the hop water. I like, I, I like them both. I think they're, they're comparable. I don't think one is like much better than the other. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say they're comparable. I like this one a little bit more just because it is more, more on the beer flavor. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And it's, yeah, it's, it's like a solid pale ale flavor. It just tastes like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like a Sierra Nevada or like a Dave's Pale Ale. Yeah. Sure. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like whatever. Whatever those are. <laughs> no, I know what they are. Um, okay, so I think I would rate this maybe a five or a six. And and not because it's it's bad. Like it's it's good, but it's just not my preference. You know, the the beer ones are just not my preference so I'm not going to rate them as highly as like some of the other things we've tried but this is like this is good I recommend this but I think maybe I'm going to give it a, a five or a six yeah okay that's fair yeah I'd give it what was our, our highest rating so far it was like an eight or eight and a half Okay. We're not doing halves. <laughs> um, yeah, every, so was, I feel like, like every eight. time. It was an eight or nine. Eight or you nine. try every time to like add halves in. Uh, no, no, no. So I think our highest is actually a seven. A seven? Yeah. Remember the um, the recess drink? Yeah. We put it at a seven, but we've been talking about possibly bumping that up to an eight because like we haven't rated anything higher so I think that now gets bumped up to like an eight for me because it's been so good. And we I haven't had anything that I've liked much better than that. Yeah, that was the strawberry one, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, that yeah, one was Yeah, the really recess good. strawberry. Yeah, the strawberry one. Because, yeah, we also tried the, the margarita one. Yeah. 
Which was I'd, good. I'd bump the strawberry up to an eight. I give this a. Yeah. I'd give this a. A seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still yeah. want. I still want to try just more non-alcoholic beers. Definitely. But I think for flavor-wise, it's it's good. Yeah. It's just that that wateriness is just like. It's too much. Yeah. See, I just don't get that wateriness, but. I guess for me, like a ten right. would be like, just tasting just like a beer without alcohol. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even know if that's like possible to do yeah but i guess like just having that super high standard mm-hmm. and comparing it to that i'd give this a seven yeah okay it's, it's a good substitute yeah i mean i think this is a great substitute i if i really enjoyed beer i would probably rate this much higher um but i just you know don't really enjoy beer that much so that's why it has a low rating but yeah. i would still definitely recommend this for any beer drinkers who want something non-alcoholic yeah. 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 This if, is a if great you're just, yeah, if you're purely opinion. going for non-alcoholic and you want a beer, this is a good substitute. Mm-hmm. I still think between all of the non-alcoholic drinks we've tried so far, I do like more of like the seltzer ones. Me too. I'd rather have more of that, just like that flavor, like almost like that sweet flavor as a substitute mm-hmm. as opposed to like a diet beer. Yeah. It almost just makes me want like a real beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very true. It's like, yeah, it's like, it just <clears> makes you like want the real thing a little mm-hmm. bit more because it's like oh it's almost there mm. now i just want the real thing to like finish off the flavor yeah okay i get that yeah i think yeah i prefer some of like the like seltzery kinds of drinks or uh, that are just a bit more or even just like the adaptogen types of drinks like i yeah i just like those better yeah plus better you, get, than, you get those like extra mm-hmm. you get that little additional boost. like minerals and yeah. Ingredients and mm-hmm. whatever those are called. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so okay. I like this one. Yeah. Okay, great. I don't think we've ever, we haven't tried anything yet that we like really, really disliked. Not yet. Not yet. I feel like a lot of these ones that like are on the shelves now have probably been like mm-hmm. vetted. Yeah. And like are on the shelf because they've lasted and people like them. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, so we went to this place um, in Silver Lake, um, and it's the very first non-alcoholic store, right? Like, that's what they – it's called Soft Spirits in Silver Lake. Um, And the entire store is, like, non-alcoholic beverages of this kind. So they have tons of, like – non-alcoholic wines, non-alcoholic beers, non-alcoholic like like mix mixes to make cocktails and like all that kind of stuff. Um and yeah. so yeah, it was it was so cool walking in there and just being like, "Oh my god, there's so many options. Yeah. What do we choose?" It was really hard. Right. Yeah, they had the non-alcoholic mixers for non-alcoholic spirits. Yeah. That's what kind of threw me off at first. I was like, "Why are you going to buy a non-alcoholic mixer?" Like like, why do they sell these? Like, why don't you just buy a normal mixer? Like, some mixers have alcohol in them. Yeah. Already. Yeah. But it's like, you're supposed to get the non-alcoholic mixer for the non-alcoholic yeah. spirit, which is like... But I mean, you could, new to me. you could still get the non-alcoholic mixer and mix it with alcohol if you yeah. wanted, right? Like, yeah. It just depends on what you want, but it's like, yeah. I feel like a lot of people who are buying this stuff don't want to consume alcohol anymore. Or just limit yeah. it. Well, but the whole point is is that you're using because they're like simple syrups and things like that. Yeah. And the whole point is that you're you're using that to create like a cocktail. Yeah. Well, I guess the mixer can go either way. 
with alcoholic or non-alcoholic, but every other mm-hmm. drink in there is, yeah, it's a non-alcoholic like beer or seltzer or spirit of mm-hmm. some sort. Yeah. Yeah, it was so, great. Yeah, there was yeah, there was a lot of options. Maybe we should ask them to be sponsors. <laughs> Sponsor the podcast. Um, but yeah. So what? That's yeah. I mean, that's that's a good idea, right? <laughs> yeah. Ask them anymore. Yeah, I will. <laughs> <sighs> oh okay. man, already 12 minutes in. I know. <laughs> well, we just had a lot a lot to chat about. Um, right. Okay, let's get into the episode. On to the show. So today we are talking about sex. Woo! Because everybody loves to talk about sex. Bam chicka wow wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just feel like recently... Um, I've been getting a lot of questions about sex and, and just how that works being polyamorous. And so I I don't know, I kind of wanted to just do like a whole episode about it. Um, so I think one of the big things that a lot of people have been asking about or asking us to talk about on the podcast is like the the main I think the biggest question I usually get is like well aren't you worried about STDs and so I mean yeah the answer is like yes but I don't think that being polyamorous automatically means that you are more likely to get an STD and I think that's what people are sort of assuming and that's just not true yeah, I'd say for us, for us especially, yeah, it depends. Yeah. Of course, it depends on like, well, polyamory means to you and how you you yeah. live it. Of course, yeah, and, right. It's it's different for everybody, but I just think most people assume that if you're polyamorous, you're just sleeping around with tons of people and you're more likely to get an STD. But that's just not true. So that's kind of like what we wanted to talk about today. Um. And so, like, when I look back at, like, my dating life, like, before I met Mike, when I was single, like, yes, I was single, but I was and looking for a monogamous relationship, right? Like, for most of us, when we're young and we're single, we are seeking somebody to be in a long-term monogamous relationship with, Right? Um, but so the only way you're going to like find that one person is to date. And a lot of us date and sleep around. Like I slept with more people while I was single looking for a monogamous relationship than I have being polyamorous. Yeah, I think, oh yeah, I I definitely have too. And (laughs) yeah, I think that's, oh yeah, I think that's probably same for a lot of polyamorous people depending yeah. on how long you've been polyamorous for yeah but yeah i mean i was yeah i mean i was just going out so much more frequently and just like mm-hmm. meeting people more often and yeah yeah i was just it was more of just like an excitement and like i really did want to like meet someone to like fall in love with and yeah have a relationship with and uh but yeah i mean also like you know we were like in our 20s and it was just like it just, things like just moved faster. It was like more exciting, and mm-hmm. you know you're always like looking forward to going out on like Friday, Saturday at the very least, if not Thursday, and maybe mm-hmm. one other day. And so yeah, yeah, it's just like 
Or if you're me and Amanda, we're going out five <laughs> nights a week. <laughs> yeah, you guys are you guys are crazy. We were pretty nuts. Um, but so yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's a different time, like different different mindset, like different energy. Now, like we still love doing that, but like we, we just do it less frequently, and yeah, I feel like we're a little more intentional and, and cognizant mm-hmm. of it. Like we're not just trying to go like. You kind of just don't get sucked into that excitement. It's like more of like, what exactly do I want to do tonight? What do I want to get out of it? It's not like, oh, like, everyone's going to this bar. Let's go to this bar. And like, oh, like, let's mm-hmm. just take shots and like drink and like, you yeah. know, things are a little more like free-flowing almost. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, just from being in that environment and like in that atmosphere, like you meet a lot of people and some people you're really attracted to and you end up having sex with. Yeah. Whether it be just because you you like them or just because you're physically attracted to them like whatever the reason may be Mm -hmm. and so yeah I mean that's just like it's a whole different time period I feel like when you're when you're younger Mm -hmm. as opposed to now for us like I feel like we are just a little taking things a little slower we're a little more methodical we kind of know more of what we want and so we're just taking our time Mm -hmm. looking for that and so yeah it's not like we are going out like trying to have sex all the time like that's not yeah I just you you have to bring it back to like the fundamentals of like why we are polyamorous exactly and that's about it's all about meeting people and like connecting with people we want to like have that like form you know Mm -hmm. just deeper connections with people and being polyamorous you know we want that romantically also yeah and so going out having sex isn't like the goal that's like not yeah that's not like the part of it like, that's not, like, the main drive. The main drive is, like, connecting with people. And then sex is, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a physical manifestation of that if yeah. you get to that level. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I think for both of us, it's just, it's totally different now with where we're at. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I I get why some people might think it's, like, trying to relive your 20s almost, but it's not. But it's not. Yeah. And so I think, I think the key word you said there is intentional. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, um, I'm sure you can hear our cat, Cosmo, chittering in the background. Um, So that's what that is. If you're like, what is that sound? (laughs) Cosmo is, you know, wandering around, chittering. Um, He's trying to get our cat, Peach, to play with him. But Peach is like, nah, I'm not having it. I am (laughs) napping. Yeah. (laughs) Cosmo's like almost one and Peach is ten, so they're... No, Cosmo is one. Oh, he is? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, he just turned one. Yeah, he just turned one. Um, And Peach is... Very different stages of life. Yeah. Yeah, so... (laughs) Anyway, so if you hear that in the background, that's what that is. Um, But yeah, so the key word you said is intentional, right? We, We are much more intentional about what it is we want and what we're looking for when we go out. So... When I was in my early 20s, right, like I think of when I was living in Redondo with the Amandas, we were going out all the time. Um, You know, we would go out dancing and drinking and bar hopping. And sometimes our intention was literally to just have a one night stand. That's all we wanted. We were like, let's just go out, find a hot guy and fuck. Like that was the intention. Did you guys say that to each other? Kind of, yeah. We would we would play this yeah. game where we would go into a bar. Well, usually Shellback. Um, we uh. would, <laughs> yeah, we would go into Shellback and we would pin a guy. And I think we got this idea. I think we got it from How I Met Your Mother. I don't think we came up with this. I think it came from that show, How How I Met Your Mother. 
possibly I'm not sure but we would that's what we would say we would like pin a guy we would we would do a lap around the bar and we would find the guy and be like oh that guy I want that guy and then that was like the the goal and the game of the night was to try to get that guy yeah to come home with us was that a Barney thing I it was probably a, a Barney yeah. thing from I don't know wow so you guys took a a thing out of Barney's playbook from how I met your mother. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's from that, but I'm not positive yeah. anymore. I could totally see it being from that. Um, especially, yeah. yeah, especially yeah. Barney. But yeah, and so that was like, that was like the game. And it wasn't that like, oh, we wanted to like have a relationship with this person. We were like, we just want to find a hot guy and go home and have sex. Yeah. That was it, yeah. you know? And, and like that, and so we were constant, we were going out a lot and we didn't always do that. But like, I had tons of random sex of just somebody that I would just sleep with one night and that was it like one and done um and so like I think back to that time and I was much more likely to get an STD during that time than I am now but I was always having safe sex right and that was like a big thing was we have to wear a condom um even when I was on birth control because it was like, it doesn't matter. I don't want to get an STD and I don't want to get pregnant. Yeah. And like, those are the two, those are the two big things, right? Yeah. And so it's like, it doesn't matter where you are in what stage of life you're in, how much sex you're having. You should always be using protection and some sort of like birth control if you're not actively trying to conceive, you know? Yeah. I mean, I would say definitely at least where protection of some sort yeah i guess the birth control is you know up to the woman and yeah if she wants to because you know there's a lot of well yeah hormonal changes that's definitely not like a a must but yeah Yeah. because i mean i i wasn't on birth control yeah as well you know um i mean i was for some of it but then i went off of it and i was like wow i feel so much better yeah but but so then it was like even more important because i didn't want to get pregnant so it's like I, I I don't think that being polyamorous means that you're more likely to get an STD because that's just not... Because now we are so much more intentional about, like, who we're having sex with and, and why. Because we, we aren't just, like, going out and having random one-night stands anymore. You know? It's... It, we, we are looking for someone to have like a real relationship with and and a connection and so I think it's like less likely that we would get an STD now than before because now we are so much more intentional about you know who who we have sex with and why yeah it's it's I mean I was I was in the same boat like I would always I always made sure to like wear protection like that was like for me that was mandatory I know, yeah. like, I, I knew some friends were, like, they just, they didn't. And yeah. to me, that was, like, I was, like, that's so dangerous and risky. Like, yeah. Like, obviously, like, it feels better, but is that worth the risk for, yeah. like, like, one, you know, for, like, one encounter? Yeah. Definitely wasn't worth it to me, but. Yeah. But I think, I think a big thing, though, is, like, whenever, especially with a newer, like, relationship or especially with someone you met that night. Yeah. I don't think I ever had the conversation of like, oh, do you have an STD? Yeah. Like that conversation never came up. Yeah. It's a super awkward conversation to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, at that age, it's super awkward. I think yeah. nowadays, like, 
nowadays, like, not only would I want to have safe sex, but I would want to talk about STDs before having sex. Definitely. So I definitely would want to take things a little slower and just be more upfront and direct about it. Cause yeah. Because it's like, hey, like, I have my wife and, like, who knows if I'll have another partner, but you, exactly. know, you could have more than one partner. Yeah. It doesn't really matter how many, but you could have more than one, so if you get an STD from one of them, you could easily give it to someone else. All of them. And even if you do, yeah. even if you are being safe sex, mm-hmm. you can still get and pass an STD. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it's more difficult, mm-hmm. it's lower probability, but it can still happen. Yeah. So I just think out of, like, the whole ethical part of being, like, ethically non-monogamous, like... Yeah, talking about... That's a huge part, yeah. Yeah, talking it about up. it is is a huge part of the ethical part, right? And so, exactly, it's like, when I was younger, I definitely was not having these conversations, especially in One Night Stands. It, it, was, it was just like, do you have a condom? Great, let's go. Yeah. Like, that was it. We weren't... I, at least, yeah, I was not talking about and asking if somebody had an STD. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, now it's like we we are asking those kinds of questions. We are having those kinds of conversations. And because of that, it's even less likely that we would get and pass on an STD because we're talking about it, right? And we're, we're bringing awareness to it. So, like... So, and that's why, like, when people are like, oh, polyamory, like, uh, no thanks, I don't want an STD. It's like, no, like, if you're doing this ethically, then you should be talking about it. You should be talking to any new partners about, like, do you have any STDs? Because you are being so much more mindful about, like, because if I get one, I could pass it on to my other partners, and there could be multiple of them. So it's like because we're trying to be ethical, I feel like we talk about it more, way more than maybe monogamous people do in that sense. Yeah, well, I guess when you're monogamous, you already know your partner and they either have an STD or don't. And, you know, you're either, you either don't have to worry about it if they don't have an STD or you're just dealing with it and managing it if they do. Well, but even still, so like we know, right, that like 50% of marriages end in divorce and it's usually because of cheating. So what if your partner cheats and doesn't tell you and then gets an STD? Like, so it's like, even though you're monogamous, it could still happen, right? Like, because things happen. So like, you still have to be careful, even if you're in a monogamous committed relationship, like, because I don't know. Oh, yeah, Shit yeah, if that, if that situation <laughs> happens, I mean, yeah, that would, that would just flat out suck. I mean, yeah. it's a double whammy, cheating and then SCD yeah. on top of that. Like, yeah, that's like <laughs> worst case scenario. You know, but so I'm just like, I'm I'm just saying, like, it could still happen. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess for me, if someone, you know, someone's like, oh, I don't want to get an SCD or like, I don't want to be polyamorous because I don't want to get an SCD. It's like, to me, it's just not that simple. yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, so having more, like adding in like a sexual partner, yes, you automatically increase your chances of getting another S or getting an STD. Yeah. But. But only if you're like not talking about it. Well, yeah, but yeah, but if you're like. And not being safe or smart. If you're ethical about it, then yeah, it significantly reduces your chances of getting an STD if you actually talk about it up front. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, there are ways to like be responsible and like, you know, be more proactive about it. Mm-hmm. 
and like really like reducing your chances. Yeah. Because at that point, like if you do have that conversation, if someone's being honest, yeah, then you sh- you shouldn't have to worry about it. Exactly. Um. Or I guess like the other yeah I mean, they could lie to you about it. Like I guess that could be a risk, but. And then, but then it's not ethical. Yeah, but at the <laughs> time you're not going to really know. So I mean that is a risk in itself, right there. Yeah. Like that is, like you can't you know you can't like deny that or like try to sweep that under the rug it's still a possibility yeah hopefully though you know but I think if you're having like an open conversation then yeah like as long as you're like making it like a safe space to share then this new partner should be able to feel comfortable enough to share with you like oh I have an STD you know like yeah. If if you're making the space for those conversations and also having those conversations before like you think sex is even on the table, right? Like having those conversations well beforehand is going to make it easier. But if you're like getting hot and heavy and then all of a sudden you're like fuck, now I have to have this conversation, that makes it a lot harder. So like if you already know that like you want to have sex with somebody, and maybe you're out on a date and you have that time and space, that's a good time to, like, bring it up and talk about it before, you know, you get in this space where it's like, oh, I don't want to have to, like, stop and, like, have this conversation. Uh, uh, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like... So, like, you you should be creating that, like, safe environment for somebody be, to be able to say, like, oh, by the way, I have an STD, and you can talk about it before you're ever in the position of, like having sex yeah yeah I guess it's kind of just about taking it slow or like taking it like at I guess it's a more responsible pace yeah because yeah to get to the point where like you are comfortable with one another and like you have trust with that other person it's not gonna typically not gonna happen in like a night or two yeah you're probably gonna have to go on like multiple dates and like get to that point where you feel comfortable bringing it up and you trust what they say yeah because you trust them as a person yeah so yeah it's mm-hmm. <laughs> just, it's different it's different now <laughs> like I wish I like I don't know I just I wish I had that awareness like when I was younger to like be able to do this yeah and uh I mean fortunately like you know I didn't nothing yeah bad ever happened I didn't get an STD I never got someone accidentally pregnant but mm-hmm. you know I guess when we were younger we all kind of a lot of us do take that gamble and yeah and it's not good it, it's not good like no and that's and that's why we're talking about it you know yeah because it does need to be talked about more yeah i guess for us we are trying to uh we're just trying to take everything we learned what not to do in our 20s and applying it <laughs> yeah now in our 30s and to our polyamorous lifestyle Mm-hmm. yeah and then, like, the other thing is also, like, yeah, using using protection to prevent pregnancies, unwanted pregnancies, especially now, now with, like, abortion being banned in so many places, and it's just, like, what, that's just, like, a whole nother reason, like, not to take that risk, because, like, what if you live in a state where abortion is hard to come by, and you, and you get pregnant and it's something that you don't want and like that's just so crazy and now you have to like go to another state to get an abortion and it's like that definitely is like it's not worth it you know 
Yeah, I mean, that's something else you have to be mm-hmm. cognizant of, and it's definitely a big factor. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, like, craziness. And so that's why it's, like, so important to be, like, talking about these things and talking about, like, you know, do you have any, any STDs? Do you have, like, a condom? Or are you on birth control? And, like, you know, just being aware, being conscious and, and mindful of these things so that way, you know, nobody gets put in, like, an awkward position. Yeah. Because, right, it's, like, polyamory is under that umbrella of ethical non-monogamy or at least for most people it is right and if you want non-monogamy to be ethical then you have to be having these conversations and also you have to be having these conversations not just with new partners but with like your current partner or like your nesting partner or you know whoever you're like the partner is that you see the most right like so for mike and i that would be us because we're married um But, like, we have to have these conversations, too, with each other about, like, okay, making sure that, like, we are both on the same page of, like, yes, we must always use a condom. Yes, like, we need to tell each other when we're going to be having sex with somebody new. These are just part of our, like, our rules. And and they're pretty common and pretty typical for most people. You know, and also, so like if I'm going to be having sex with a new partner, you know, also knowing like, okay, new partner, how many other partners do you have? You know, are they all, have they all been checked? You know, what's the status of your other partners, right? It's like just knowing what like your, your rules are and your boundaries are. And like some, some people have rules where it's like you can't have an exchange of fluids, Right. Or you can only have an exchange of of fluids with like your main partner. So, for example, that would be like Mike and I can exchange fluids. But if I have a new sexual partner, then we cannot exchange fluids. Right. Like so like there's there's all these different options and all these different different sort of like rules that you can have that make everybody feel comfortable before engaging in sex. Interesting. I've never heard of that. Mm. Exchanging fluids uh-huh. or not exchanging fluids with another partner. Mm-hmm. Is that like, <laughs> is that how it's termed? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what does that mean exactly? You just can't, like, you can't, like, kiss or have any form of sex? You can't, like, exchange any form of fluid? Yes. Is, okay. Well... But, I mean, I think kissing is usually okay for most people. Um, But, yeah, no exchanging of fluids, you know, down below. Oh, okay. I guess. I mean, because, yeah, kissing is, you know, exchanging fluids, too. It is. Playing tonsil hockey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I just, I had never heard of that before, so I was Mm. curious about what that specifically means. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's lots of different options for everyone to make everyone feel comfortable, right? And it's like, there's lots, there are a lot of things you can do besides like penis and vagina sex, right? There's like so many other things you can do. And so if like STDs are something that you're worried about, then maybe you don't do 
P and V sex. Maybe there's like so many other things you can do that will keep you more safe. And like, you're still going to have like a great sexual experience. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a big variety, but yeah. other other forms can also spread STDs too, so. Of course, and so you do have to, like, be mindful of that, but I'm just saying, like, right. in general, right? Like, there's, there's so many different sexual experiences to explore that there's, there, there are, like, rules and boundaries for, for everyone to feel comfortable no matter, like, where you are on this journey. Yeah, I think... I think for me, it's just, you know, the first big step is, like, just defining how you want your polyamorous relationship to look. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that mean to you? Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of people assume that, you know, it's just you trying to relive your 20s and going out and having a lot of sex. But for, I think for yeah. a lot of, you know, I can't speak for every, obviously I can't speak for every polyamorous couple. But yeah. Like, don't know many of them or any of them, really. But I think a lot, I think a lot of people yeah just are are similar to how we are and like Mm -hmm. you know we're not going out like trying to have sex all the time we're like truly trying to just find like another deep romantic connection yes and so that doesn't mean like we're we're not going out having a lot of sex yeah and so like defining what it is exactly you want out of your polyamorous relationship is you Mm -hmm. know is, is like the first key step and then yeah I guess after that it's just yeah defining like being clear with your your partner mm-hmm. your current partner like getting on the same page with them about safe sex and like what that means to you like always like always wearing protection mm-hmm. always talking about it mm-hmm. um with both partners communication communication <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bringing up the protection and scd talk with a new partner before you have sex mm-hmm. 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 so yeah it's all yeah exactly it's all about well, it's all about, like, defining what, like, is ethical and safe. Yeah. And then being proactive about it before, like, acting on everything. Yep. Because a lot of times you just kind of, like, when you're younger, you just act on your feeling. You don't yeah. really, You don't think about the risks, the consequences. You don't think about any of that, really. Yeah. I mean, you might hear about it, but, like, you're not really thinking about it in the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, I think just as we get older and mature and, like, learn and grow more, that it's important to to just start thinking about these things and implementing them. And yeah. But it doesn't have to be that way, right? If these kinds of conversations are happening when you're younger, like if you're talking to your friends about like, dude, you have to be having safe sex. Here's why. We need to be having safe sex. And all of your partners, then like it doesn't have to be that way, you know? Like, oh, you're just young and in your 20s and like whatever and like – playing Russian roulette essentially like it doesn't need to be that way but it's because mm-hmm. these kinds of conversations just aren't happening as much yeah no I, I totally agree it definitely doesn't have to be this way no and so that's why like we need to normalize having these kinds of conversations and not feeling awkward about them like there there's nothing there's nothing wrong with having these kinds of conversations and asking and there's nothing wrong with having an STD sometimes you're born with them you know like it's so like you just you just have to be able to like have these conversations and they shouldn't be awkward. And so I think the more we talk about them and the more we talk about how important they are, then the less awkward it's going to be and the more normalized it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Yeah. I guess, yeah, the goal is to make it less taboo. Yeah. It shouldn't be taboo. We're all trying to keep each other safe. That shouldn't be a taboo thing. 
Yeah, unfortunately, just like the reality of the situation right now, though, is it's just not really like that. And that's why we're having this conversation <laughs> to yeah. help change that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it, you know, I really think it, it does start, it really starts at like the family level and then, yeah, I guess the friend level and then mm-hmm. once the family and friend level. Yeah. And so, yeah, it just kind of depends on like what's kind of what you're taught and like what you're, what you think is like. I guess normal or acceptable. Yeah. And that just varies between so many different people. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I think like the, for me, the best route is to just like be upfront and realistic about it and be like, Hey, like this is. Be honest. These are going to be your urges. You're going to have like, you're going to want to have like sex with, you know, whoever you're attracted to. Yeah. Well, they're like, opposite sex or the same sex and or both if you don't really like know of you know what's what's safe and what's not like you're probably just gonna like act on your impulses and not really think about risks mm-hmm. but yeah if you're educated and you know the risks of stds and pregnancies and yeah yeah it's feel like you're just you're yeah you're just you're more educated and you're just gonna behave in a more ethical and better way mm-hmm. all right i think we covered a lot yeah i've yeah i've got nothing left (laughs) yeah okay cool that's it then um all right well thank you listeners i hope you enjoyed this conversation um and yeah if you did maybe rate the podcast you know give us a little five-star rating maybe a review maybe write something nice i don't know (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, any any feedback or, you know, any review helps. We appreciate it. Yeah. Or if you have any other questions, you know, shoot us an email. Um, hello at polyplusamore.com. Or join our community and send us a message on there. Or send me a message on Instagram or, like, whatever, you know. There's all the ways. All the ways, and they're all linked in the show notes. But, yeah, if you're enjoying the podcast, then leave us a review. And that's it. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, everybody. See you next time. Thanks for listening.